Hello, I'm Kevin Richard. The Delta variant of the coronavirus has emerged and is raising new concerns as the school year approaches. Just this week, Boise State University announced that it will encourage, but not require, everybody on campus to wear a face mask as fall classes begin. In at least one large school district, the Moscow School District will require face coverings for the first three weeks of the school year, that according to the Moscow Pullman Daily News. But what is the Delta variant? What do we know about it? And what are the implications going forward? To try to answer some of those questions, I sat down with Audrey Dutton of the Idaho Capital Sun. Audrey is the preeminent healthcare reporter in the state. And I wanted to get a sense from her about what the numbers say and what the science says about this variant. Now, before we launch into the interview, I do need to give you two uh, caveats. The first one is a technical caveat. We uh, did this interview over Zoom, and we did have some buffering issues. There will be uh, a couple of instances of dead air early in the interview. My apologies for that. Hang with us. They won't be there for long. And there's a lot of good information in this interview. So, so please bear with us through our technical challenges this week. And the second thing is um, we did the interview on Monday. And on Tuesday, the Centers for Disease Control issued new guidelines uh, regarding uh, face coverings indoors. So the interview is a little bit dated. But again, I think we've got a lot of good information for you. So without further ado, here's my interview with Audrey Dutton. Well, Audrey, thanks for joining us this week. And, you know, this isn't the podcast I expected to be doing. I mean, just when we thought we were done crunching coronavirus numbers, we're back doing this again. And, and none of the numbers look very good right now. Yeah, I wish we weren't talking about this either. I would like to never talk about it again. I would like it to be gone. I think everyone feels that way. Um, the numbers are not looking good right now. Uh, health leaders have begun, you know, to kind of warn um, the public, get your vaccines, uh, take precautions, uh, because we have a number of factors that are sort of joining up into uh, what could be yet another hospital surge. Um, and uh, that could be really bad. So um, could is the operative word. Yeah. Things could end up being fine. Um, but there are some risk factors right now. The Delta variant is here. It is spreading. It spreads very quickly. The Some of the latest research um, uh, suggests that the reason may be a much higher viral load. So the virus can replicate itself and hook into new cells really, really quickly um, compared with the old wild type and compared with the alpha variant, the very first one that kind of mm -hmm. raised alarm. Um, and to the degree that the test, uh, the test subjects in this in this latest study had one thousand times the viral load. So that doesn't mean it spreads a thousand times faster, but it does mean that's a thousand more infectious particles. And this is among mm -hmm. people who are unvaccinated. So if we've got people who are vaccinated, in some cases, what I've heard from public health officials is. The viral load is sometimes so low that they can't even sequence the sample. Mm -hmm. So it's still really effective. The vaccine is still really effective against this um, variant. 
Um, the other factor is that hospitals have the usual stuff that happens, heart attacks, strokes, traumas, car crashes, um, surgeries. They're having to do all of the same stuff. So they're at a point and, and their staff is tired. Their mm-hmm. nurses are tired um, and they're at a point where uh, Dr. Souza from St. Luke's described it as this could be a or if it becomes a surge, it could be a bunch of straws breaking the camel's back. So they're they're just urging people to be as careful as they can and to get vaccinated um, so that that doesn't happen. The other thing that a lot of people are, are concerned about is school starting, obviously. Right, right. Um, with masks being optional, children under age 12 not even being eligible for a vaccine. Uh, Obviously, educators have been and teenagers are, anyone over 12 or older can get a vaccine. But our vaccination rates among that age group are pretty low. They're very low, yeah. Well, there's there's so much there that I want to get to. And, you know, I wanted to start with going back a little bit more to what we know and what we don't know about the Delta variant. And one of the things we really don't know is we know it's there. We know it's spreading. Logic tells us that if the case numbers are increasing like they are, there has to be something going on. And it's a good chance it's the Delta variant. But we don't have hard numbers. Explain to us why. Um, so when you get a COVID test... There's, you know, it runs through a machine. The machine says, yes, I've detected that you have coronavirus in this sample. You get a positive test. Past that, they can send in that sample to be sequenced. Uh, and basically what that does is it it looks at all the pieces of that um, virus and figures out what the different traits are. And so that's when they're able to tell, is this Delta variant? Is it um, one of the, I mean, there are tons of variants. Viruses change all the time, they mutate all the time. It's only the variants of concern that that people are really watching. The ones that seem to spread faster, seem to be more um, resistant to treatments, um, make people sicker, whichever of those things. Um, But we don't really have the ability in Idaho Uh, yet to sequence everything, everything that comes in. Um, And our test numbers now are going up. (laughs) You're going to see even more of a, of a pull on that. But beyond that, like I, like I said, you know, there's just not enough virus in them, even if you test positive and the samples have to be kept stable enough to make it to the sequencing lab where they can do all that work. Um, So when you see the number, whatever it is today, I think it's 30 Delta cases, that is only a fraction of of the number. Mm -hmm. What I think is a... In the numbers and you know, my assumption when I saw that was, okay, well, alpha is spreading and we can be pretty sure that it's, that it's a lot of uh, the cases that we're seeing. 
And um, now we're seeing Delta increase. It was at two for a really, really, really long time, two cases. Then it went up to six, then it went up to nine, and now it's at 30. So we can assume that it is now spreading and much like has happened in other parts of the U.S., uh, it will probably become the dominant variant. Mm -hmm. And a number that isn't changing a whole lot, and it's kind of steady and it's low, is the vaccination rate. I mean, we're only seeing a couple thousand vaccinations a day, and it's been there for a while, in spite of the news now about the Delta variant. I mean, are we just running into vaccine hesitancy, or state officials just running into that, or are there other things at play here? Um. Yeah, some of it is, uh, at this point, a lot of it is vaccine hesitancy, and there's a lot that goes into um, vaccine hesitancy. It's not just, you know, it's not anti-vaxxers. Um, that's a whole different area. And there are people who will never get the vaccine, um, and public health officials and healthcare providers know that. Um, but a lot of people are just on the fence. They're wait and see. You know, I'm not sure what kind of um, long-term side effects there might be, so I want to wait and see how the vaccine affects other people before I get it. Um, and then there are folks who have been confused because they're reading conflicting things often on the internet. And so that's informing their decisions. Um, and there is some issue with access. Just, it seems like a lot of, I, I talked with some people last week at a vaccine clinic and they were like, well, we just walked by or a friend drove by and saw that this was here and hey, it was convenient. So, um, and that's and that's a big part of it too. So, but a lot of it is hesitancy. It's just because it's it's emergency use authorized. It's not the fully FDA approved. People think that it's not safe and it hasn't been tested. But actually, you know, clinical trials started a year and four months ago now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the first people who got the vaccines got them then. And um and of course, as they more are more widely rolled out, we learn more about them. But uh, the big, you know, questions have been kind of answered at this point. And it feels to me, and maybe it's just me coming in later in this uh, stage of the story, it feels like the state's messaging right now on vaccinations is a lot more forceful than it was maybe a couple of months ago. I mean, you, you know, they put out this infographic that showed how the vast majority of cases and hospitalizations and deaths are involving folks who don't have a vaccine record. You basically had Dave Jepson saying, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It feels like a very strong message. And I wonder if, if it's stronger than it's been or if it's just being delivered more forcefully and, and how it might uh, resonate with, with folks who are on the fence. Well, um, I don't know because I've just been following this so closely. <laughs> um, it seems to just go in kind of ups and downs, but right now public health officials are super worried about Delta. They want people to get vaccinated. They have no incentive for people getting vaccinated aside from not wanting people to get sick and die. Mm -hmm. So that, that is, um, and that's something they've been trying to repeat and physicians have been trying to repeat. Um, that is their incentive. Uh, you are seeing now, of course, the health, the healthcare providers, the largest healthcare providers in, um, in our area ha are now requiring vaccines from their employees. 
Um, and that's a little bit more of a forceful than a nudge um, saying, you know, you need to get this. Um, they have said, though, that they're they're not trying to make this a like get vaccinated or you're out of here. They really want to talk with their employees, answer the questions that they have, um, because a lot of them are valid questions. I mean, people have questions about things and um, and get them good information so they're not worried about things that um, maybe aren't such a concern. And so they can adequately balance the risk of what happens if I get the vaccine versus what happens if I get COVID. Um, so they're having conversations with their employees, but. But yeah, I think I think you'll start seeing hopefully less hesitancy um, as as Delta picks up and people are more kind of prompted to go get vaccinated because our case numbers were so low. Some people have theorized that, well, people might be just putting it off right now because it mm -hmm. seems safe. Mask mandates are gone, that kind of thing. Um, but the pandemic definitely is not over. Um, and the message about this being a pandemic of the unvaccinated is it's an interesting one. I have a three-year-old who cannot be vaccinated. What do I do? What does she do? Um, I mean, there are a, there's a huge chunk of the population that can't be vaccinated. Children, right. um, and then uh, you know the the fraction, small, small fraction of people who medically can't be. Um, but we also know that the vaccine is not necessarily as effective among people who have immune compromise or um, or other issues that might keep them from having their immune system respond as robustly to the vaccine. So that's where the idea of like, it, you're part of a community comes in. You're part of a community. If you get vaccinated, it protects the people who can't be vaccinated. Same principle as any other vaccine. How do you think the mask issue may resurface uh, this summer going into this fall? Thinking about schools, most school districts are planning to have masks optional. Local governments have, have gone away from from mask requirements or have scaled that back. Does that reverse itself at all, do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as I wrote in a, a story that we published today, the legislature changed um, the law so that public health orders um, can be reversed effectively by county commissioners. Um, putting more of the authority on on local government as opposed to public health folks. Um, and so I don't know what you would see if you had a central district health passing a mask mandate for Ada County with an Ada County commission made up of it. its current members. That could yeah. then turn around and overturn it in a heartbeat. Right. So... Um, my my personal thought is it's really hard to get people to go back to something they didn't like, mm -hmm. you know, um, and masks are not like our natural way of being. Right. We don't. <laughs> it was it was foreign for us. So will those come back? I don't know. But I. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's no idea. <laughs> and it's difficult. And I guess it's a decision we're all kind of wrestling with. Uh, on a personal level, I mean, you know, you know, citizen Kevin here, you know, 
I stopped wearing a mask as I got vaccinated and the restrictions were, were, were rolled back. I'm getting back in the habit simply because I'm thinking about, you know, kids who can't get vaccinated and the potential of spreading it, you know, even if I have it, even if I am asymptomatic. But I'm really curious to see if a, if a city or a health district is going to go back down this road and school districts as well. Yeah, and if you think about it, you know, the governor said any kind of governmental entity cannot require a vaccine passport. Um, so of the mitigation strategies for preventing spread, it's masks, basically stay home, vaccines, there's and social distancing. There's not a whole lot more than that. So um, if the government can't require vaccines, they still can require masks. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that'll play out. I have never stopped wearing a mask, partly because I knew that we were not done with the pandemic um, and viruses tend to mutate to become more fit so they can spread easier. Like that's that's the virus's sole goal. Right. It is not to divide us as a country. It's to infect more people. Yeah. That's how it propagates itself. So anyway, so I kind of knew that we would be seeing ongoing problems with this. And so I just didn't stop masking because then I don't have to um, change my habits and stuff like that. But yeah, I, and I think also, I mean, we're starting to see breakthrough cases now, which are cases among people who have been fully vaccinated. They're expected. The idea behind um, the vaccination is that, you know, eventually everyone is going to get this coronavirus because it's endemic. It's going to be endemic. Um, but if you are vaccinated, you have some immunity to it. So your body knows what to do. Um, someone had said it's like knowing how to kill a spider instead of burning down the whole house. Um, <laughs> and that's a really, really good explanation yeah, really. This is a great analogy. Um, of what happens. So, yeah, so we are starting to see more breakthrough cases. Um, and I really am, I'm, I'm paying attention to kind of like, the conversations around this and whether people are going to read that as the vaccine doesn't work, which is not the case, or if they will see it as the vaccine kept this person from going to the hospital. You've been living the story now for 16 months. I mean, it's been a big part of your, your beat for 16 months. 16 what's the number? What's the metric? What's the, the variable that you look at most closely going forward? Um, when I'm like trying, like, you know, when I'm trying to decide whether to visit somewhere <laughs> or where we are in Ada County, I look at the state dashboard, I look at positivity rate and I look at case prevalence. So rates per 100,000 and positivity rate. If positivity rate is above 5%, it means that things are not in control. Right. And what that means is contact tracing cannot or may not be able to rather keep up. So we got to a point where our positivity rate was so high, there were so many people testing positive that contact tracers literally could not keep up. So they couldn't call people and say, hey, you may have been exposed. Um, they just didn't have that ability anymore. Um, they were overwhelmed. So, and so I, I watched the positivity rate and, um, and the case prevalence. And, and, and that, I pay more attention to if they're going up or down Sometimes when I do the numbers, so right now they're pretty low, but they're going, you know, they're, 
they're doing a pretty steep incline, which is what we've seen in other places before they had surges. So, And I was struck when I looked at the positivity rate just this morning as I was blogging about it. 5.7%, I mean, not nearly what we were looking at back in the, the darkest days of this about a year ago, but it's the highest rate we've had since February. I mean, a lot's happened since February, and we're creeping right back up in the positivity rate. Yeah, and a lot of that is due to our low vaccination rates. Um, we need more people to, to get vaccinated. Um, or this is going to continue. There's just, there's no other, there's no other explanation for what's happening right now. So. How do you, as a journalist, you know, <laughs> keep focused on this story? I mean, it's a, it's a, been such a tough story to write about. It's such a human story. We're all invested in it. You know, you as a mother of a three-year-old, you're, you're heavily invested in it. How do you... How do you keep focused on this thing? Um, I try to do stories that don't involve COVID sometimes. <laughs> um, I am in therapy once a week, started that last fall and it made a huge difference because it's hard to, you know, early in the pandemic, I was getting phone calls and texts that were hugely valuable from sources. But so much of it was like finding out about things and not being able to report them because, for example, if you've got um, a certain place where a bunch of people are and like a nursing home and there are cases there and no one is reporting it through the proper channels um, and I find out about it, how am I supposed to confirm that? Right. And I had a lot of sources who were concerned about having their, um, about losing their jobs if someone found out it was them who was talking to me. And so um, trying to kind of juggle that stuff was, was difficult. And it's just a lot to take in. I mean, like the pandemic has cost so many people so much lives, jobs, um, their health, hearing from people who have long COVID. Yeah, they have it really, really rough. Um, so it's just, it's been a lot to take in. The good thing is that um, I, I, I feel like we've done a good job in Idaho of telling these stories, journalists, and of being kind of partners, with, not partners, but um, helping with public information, helping mm -hmm. get good information out there. Um, and just you know staying in touch with our communities i mean we all are from here most of us have lived here for years if not decades like this is our community and we want people to be healthy and safe and so um this it feels like you know as a healthcare reporter and just as a general journalist in general it feels like um this is kind of why i signed up for this job so that is a good thing i feel like you know our our, our work has been useful no, and, and your work has been remarkable, and I, I really appreciate it. You, you're one of my go-to resources as, as a reader, as a citizen. So I want to thank you for everything you've been doing, and, and thank you for taking the time to, to talk to us this week. Yeah, thank you so much.
Again, that was Audrey Dutton of the Idaho Capital Sun. You can check out her coverage of healthcare and more at idahocapitalsun.com, or you can follow us at idahoednews.org. We pick up quite a bit of content from our friends at the Idaho Capital Sun, and they pick up quite a bit of our content as well. We're happy to work with them. Um, I want to go back to some of the numbers that we talked about in that interview segment. And again, we taped the interview earlier this week, so the numbers are changing. And I wish I could tell you that the numbers are changing for the better, but they really aren't. Let's talk a little bit more about that test positivity rate. And that's one that health officials look at very closely. 5% is sort of the threshold that they look at. If, uh, if the positivity rate is at 5% or lower, that suggests that an outbreak is under control. Over 5% suggests that the outbreak is out of control. Well, new numbers came out on Thursday. Audrey tweeted them out Thursday night, and the positivity rate is now at 8%. That is the highest we've seen since January, and that is going up. So that is not a good sign as schools get ready to reopen in August and September. We'll continue to track the numbers closely and tell you what it means for schools in your neighborhood. A couple other items over on the homepage. Uh, we have full coverage from Thursday's meeting of Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan's Education Task Force. So if you missed that, you can catch up there. I also did a story earlier this week. Uh, I ran a public records request. I wanted to get every email that Janice McGeehan has received since January that contained either the word indoctrination or the phrase critical race theory. We got all those emails. I read them all. And I wrote a story about him. You can see what people are saying, what she's hearing from constituents, and, and not just constituents in Idaho, by the way. We'll uh, we'll explain that in the story. So if you haven't read that story yet, check that out over on our homepage, idahoednews.org. Follow the homepage next week. Devin Bodkin has a week-long series looking at charter schools, how they how they came, came through the pandemic and what the uh, prospects for charter schools are going forward into the new school year. So that series is gonna run all next week. Check that out at idahoednews.org. Follow us on Twitter at Idaho Ed News. We will tweet out all of our links and all of our breaking news and any bulletins as uh, things unfold. Follow us over on Facebook and join the conversation there. No podcast next week. I'm taking some time off. I will be on vacation. I'll be back with the podcast in two weeks. I never like to tell you who our next guest is going to be, just in case something falls through. But we have a pretty good guest in the hopper for the next edition of the podcast. That will come in two weeks. Until then, I'm Kevin Richard. Stay safe and have a good week.